Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Your Saturday morning tradition since 1988. If you'd like to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. Something we've started doing the last couple of years, we've published a annual home maintenance calendar that we distribute to our listeners. Anybody that wants one can just send us an email or call us, let us know what address to send it to, and we'll continue to send it there every year until you tell us to stop. 2023 will be out shortly, but if you're looking in September, uh, you know we kind of lay out the year of the topics we'll be covering, and we're talking about maximizing small spaces in September. Now, that's a pretty hard topic to cover for a full month. We do have a lot of great content on it, so we won't be spending the whole hour on it. Uh, so it is a great opportunity for you to join the conversation. But if you get our newsletter as well, another free service that we provide, it comes out on Thursday and gives you a preview for what's coming up in today's broadcast. We had an article there on not wasting small spaces. And joining us in studio today, we also have Bruce Stumble from Rosie Wright Remodeling here to talk about the design elements and uh, key things to do for, you know, not not wasting space. And one of the interesting things, I had mentioned it uh, sometime earlier this month, Bruce, I <clears throat> didn't get a chance to give this to you ahead of time, but the early pioneers were really masters at utilizing space. And I've got this book, Country Furniture, from American woodworkers that is 40 simple furniture elements mm-hmm. that the pioneers used to build. And not only is it incredible how they would utilize space, and every piece of furniture uh, had multi-uses, but... The ease of which you could disassemble it to put it in your covered wagon, move it bouncing down the road. I mean, it's not like they had great suspension. Right. You know, your your None. covered wagon wheels were three different elements of wood. I can't remember all of them, but the round, you know, you had the metal ring on the outside. Well, that wood, that first wood was one. The spokes was a different type of wood. And then the, and then the hub. was. I, th- I think the hub was oak, and I can't remember the other varieties. But, you know, that's what you're rolling on, and your furniture's in the back of your covered wagon. And you could just, with pins, wood dowels, you know, shaped correctly, usually at a triangle angle, so that when you slid it into place, you know, the farther you pushed it, that pressure tension would make it all sturdy and put together. And then right. you could just pull your pins, pack it up, and move. I mean, it they were the masters of utilizing space. Yeah, they had to be. Um, yeah, it's a little different now, of course. I was uh, thinking about it yesterday. And uh, we actually had a remodel recently where we um, had a home office, basically. Um, used to be a bedroom. Someone pulled the closet out. And we did all custom cabinetry in that space. Um, so, you know, client has his desk in there. And then he's got very nice um, custom. Uh, actually, we worked with Irwin's. And uh, they uh, built 
uh, shelves for it and then all custom blue, um, very purpose built for his office. Worked for him to stash his printer over there, you know, these days with the um, all the wireless options you have, you don't have to have a cord running across the room. So you can start stashing that stuff, you know, kind of out of the corner. And, you know, home offices are especially popular right now with small spaces, you know, with everything that's gone on the last few years. Um, a lot of people still working from home. So um, that those small home office spaces are definitely something that we see a lot of and i don't know how we ever got away from that in the design elements i mean was it just because our homes were big enough that we weren't thinking that way but you know there's even elements you know the the last that i've really seen was the what they call the circular sun house it was one of frank lord wright's Mm -hmm. last ones in the seating area it was it's built in it's all wood and it comes to an elbow. Well, in that elbow, uh, it was designed in what at, at that time, you know, in the 60s, you know, newspapers were still right. the predominant right. thing. Well, instead of having them laid out on the table, it was you, you would lift it in the, the corner and it was an organizer for your newspapers mm-hmm. and magazines mm-hmm. that, you know, you could then come sit down and pull it out so it's not laying out. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, one thing that comes to mind with that was we had, uh, kind of the central Phoenix corridor uh, clients a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we moved some walls a little bit, but, you know, you run into some some constraints sometimes, you know, sometimes budget, sometimes structural. Um, and so we built a corner booth, basically. They were very interested in having a, like, built-in booth, you know, so you build those seats in. Uh, once again, what I would call semi-custom, taking components from a cabinet manufacturer and making them, um, but all of that seating had um, drawers underneath it, so they're very functional. So you're not just filling up a corner, you know, with this booth, um, which you. I was actually just back in Minnesota and kind of made me chuckle because I saw that a lot still. The the booth, you know, kitchen dining room area seating that that uh, in people's homes that kind of I haven't seen here in a very long time. Um, but uh, you know, we didn't to not waste that space, we have all, all of those cabinets underneath it. And one of them, uh, one of the couples who own the house, uh, they work from home almost exclusively. So she had a lot of her work stuff right there. So she'd sit at the table and, you know, set up in the morning and have her coffee and, but she'd be able to open those drawers and pull out her laptop and, you know, just have everything there and ready. So it's, uh, it's maybe not quite as multifunctional as some of the old furniture that you're referring to. Uh, we have some very old furniture pieces in my family, so I know what you're talking about. Um, but it's much more functional than something that, you know, was installed 20, 30 years ago that was just one purpose. It was a seat. That was it, you know. And when on this project that you were talking about for the homeowner, uh, you know, the one thing that I think about when you're looking at storage under seats, well, what do you, you know, what are you going to put under there? Mm-hmm. Cause that'd be a pain to have to get up mm-hmm. and, and get it in, get it out. Yeah. What, what, what type of units or storage or, are you, or what items of storage are you putting in there? So like for them, uh, there was paperwork, um, but it was an L shaped, um, corner booth seating area. So in, in the areas that primarily she actually sat in the morning, um, they, 
underneath there was like kitchen stuff that they didn't need every day some specific dishes or you know something like that and then kind of off to the side where somebody wasn't sitting when they're working there that was the stuff that they had like you know binders and I didn't go digging through it after the fact it wasn't any of my business but it you know all their all their work stuff there the paperwork and and uh you know the mouse for the laptop that sort of thing was just all kind of stashed in there to be ready for them in the morning so do we need all this stuff we have i mean when we <laughs> going back to the pilgrim time and what they were carrying across they didn't have as much stuff to store either but they sure made a better use of the space they had yeah no probably not but some of it's kind of <laughs> we got used to it it's hard to live without now so isn't that the truth um the epoch times pulled this one out because this is uh, uh what do we call it? We have a, a area in our home called the Shelf of Shame because it, no matter what, it will never stay organized. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't matter how much time and effort you put into it. You clean it up, you organize it. The next day, it's just it, it's like a shelf of shame. It never shelf gets of there. shame. Uh, I have a coffee table like that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a kitchen junk drawer yeah, that yeah, uh, yeah. a drawer gets, of shame. Yeah, it gets organized, and about one week later, it's back mm-hmm. to. Like, what the heck is in what here? What happened? <laughs> but the epoch time, was, this was more of a decor for your laundry room, but that is an area uh, that we've seen a lot of storage come back to, especially in the design phase where, uh, you know, it used to just be a room and here where you would put your, your – you would leave your plumbing hookups for your washer, your electrical hookups for your dryer, and that was it. But, you know, the amount of cabinetry that's going into a lot of the design mm-hmm. work for – Laundry room seems mm-hmm. to be a place we're coming back to additional storage. Yeah. Oh, big time. We uh, just off the top of my head, I we have a project going up in North Scottsdale right now. Uh, once again, working with Irwin's, um, and we have a custom cabinet that's actually hiding the washer and dryer with some really kind of cool bifold doors that open up that allow the homeowners to go in between the washer and dryer. Well, and then there's a countertop on top of it. Um, and for folding and stuff like that. But then there's upper cabinets there. There's cabinets off on the side with pullouts that they requested to, you know, put your laundry detergent in your, you know, uh, off on the side of that's going to be an ironing area. So it's taking those laundry spaces. And like you said, it's, you know, especially when you get into remodel, um, not just having that water box in the wall that you're, you know, screwing your washer hoses into, um, it, people really are like having cabinetry in there with countertops for folding clothes and storing things. And, you know, if it's kind of on the way into the house, it can be your drop zone. You set your keys there every day so that you're not searching the house for them every time you have to leave. And, um, it's, that's definitely, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a new trend, but it, it's very popular, um, to really set up a laundry room as a, as a better space. Do you have have you seen any really creative things for the drop zone? Um, you know, we um, yes, uh, some of the really cool stuff is you know, and and people from the Midwest or the East Coast are so used to mud rooms, which are non-existent here. Um, but people almost create um, you know mud rooms that we're not worried about mud, but they they have uh, cubbies. Uh, one house um, basically had cubbies, almost like a professional sports locker room. When you were walked in, they had. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they had several. They had five or six children, I think, and each of the kids had their own cubby, 
and that's where they would hang their, you know, school jacket in the winter and their backpack would go on the bottom and there's a spot for shoes in the bottom. And, um, you know, they're, they had all some of the sports equipment off on the side so that you're not bringing in all your, you know, stinky softball gear into the house and that sort of thing. So I've seen some really cool stuff, you know, drop zones like that when people have the space. So when Jennifer asked about a drop zone, you're talking about areas to drop your mm-hmm. equipment and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I'm my what did mind, you picture? <laughs> my, Marv, you know, trying to turn on the light in the basement and the iron coming down the chute and knocking him out in Home Alone. Oh. You know, like, like the old laundry chute. I, I was picturing that. So, And then when Bruce started talking about these bays, I was thinking like, oh, each kid's got their own bay to drop laundry in. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Rosie and I, when we come in at, at night, we have this one corner of the island and it's neither one of us likes stuff there, but I don't know where else to put it. And it's kind of you know it's right in the path, so you just naturally put it there. But if, but if you have kids, especially, and they have backpacks, mm-hmm. if you don't have a place, they're on the floor. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the house, the house feels really crowded, mm-hmm. and you can't find stuff. So I do like the idea of being organized. Um, bridges from uh, uh, get organized with bridges has really helped me rethink things like that. But uh, it's just so helpful, especially with a family. And you had mentioned Erwin's. Mm-hmm. quickly in a, two different references for anybody that doesn't know Irwin's custom furniture it's a family-owned business here in Arizona they've been one of our partners gosh for a very long time. over 10 years mm-hmm. and it's 35th Avenue and Thomas off the top uh, right of my head there. yep you got a nice little custom furniture shop they do uh they start out as furniture restoration mm-hmm. and they've done some incredible mm-hmm. stuff for uh you know we were talking about covered wagons mom's got a chest trunk that was came over uh, the Continental Divide in a covered wagon, you know, hundreds of years mm-hmm. ago that they, not hundreds, but uh, <clears throat> it, it, a long time ago mm-hmm. that they fully restored. And then their sons had branched out and started yep. a custom cabinet yep, right division. There, right there at the shop, they've got their own custom cabinet shop, and they do. They and do one other thing, work. Mrs. Irwin does caning, which is, she's one of the mm-hmm. few people you can find that still mm-hmm. does that. Mm-hmm. And what is, is caning? Like a cane seat chair, like the weave you see on the bottom of those old-fashioned chairs. It's, mm-hmm. Instead of a cushion, it's a – what is that material? That's a re- – Cane? cane. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, a it's wicker. Cane. It's like it's a wicker, wicker, wicker or bamboo kind of material. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not an expert in that. But yeah, very cool-looking stuff. You had mentioned them quickly on, mm-hmm. on two references, just so anyone else – uh, looking for that, we've got great partners. For whatever you're looking for, your home, castle, or cabin, let's get to Marion Phoenix before we continue along our talking points on small spaces and see how we can help her this Saturday morning at one 767 That's one Rosie, for you, good morning. Good morning. I hope you can help me. Let... I don't know what to do anymore. Okay. I, um, I, I have a, a block home, and you know the A-frame is wood you know, like all the other houses. Mm-hmm. And I have this bird that keeps making holes on it. Mm-hmm. He made, he pecked on it. He made a, a half a dollar uh, hole and my son put something, I don't know what, he covered it. Now he started another one, which is the size of a half dollar again. And I, and I don't know what to do anymore. And we, you... We tried, I'm sorry. You had said A-framed home. I I think that she means the gable end on a like a slump block yeah, type home. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my son tried putting aluminum foil, but it won't stay up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, that didn't do very much. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have something for me. And how, um, well, what's the material siding? Is it stucco? Wood. Is it wood? wood. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's wood. So like T111 it, on it the... It probably is like a T111 type. Yeah, just based on what she said. Um, yeah, woodpeckers are hard. They're they're tricky when they they get like territorial and they'll just keep coming back to a spot. But I don't. What do you think, Romy? Well, you can't you can't eradicate them. They no. are uh, one they're of the protected, protected animals yeah. through Arizona Game and Fish, and comes with a hefty fine. So you just have to convince it that there's a better place to live. Um, a lot of times, some of our roofers swear that uh, a pest control company to treat your home for bugs will help a lot of times if they're pecking on along their roofs. They say they're, they hear insects and they're digging for them. I don't know that I've ever seen that in T111. No. Um, the be pretty treated, unusual. So he's, I don't, this doesn't really, uh, off the top, this isn't really their mating season. So it's not like he's out there trying to attract no, or establish his mating territory. They usually bang on metal when they're doing that. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just trying to deter them, which can be frustrating. But, I mean, there's a number of products out there, um, you know, flashers. And, um, you know, she mentioned the aluminum foil, which is kind of a little bit of an old school thing. But it, it's not usually very effective. Some of the things we've talked about is like Tabasco. Mary put Tabasco in a spray bottle and sprayed it up there. It's Though it is colored. I mean, you got and it's messy. But one thing, if you hear them, I keep a, a long shot spray bottle because we have them, too. And every time I hear him, I run and I squirt him. And, you know, I think we got through a whole season without a woodpecker. There used to be an, uh, a motion-activated sprinkler that oh, you yes. could buy. But they seem to have disappeared because so I can't I was find them any- So you just had to sit out there with your hose and <laughs> spray right. them. And Rosie's mentioned the Tabasco bit where you just spray it on mm-hmm. there, too. You know, I, and I've never tried the Tabasco thing, but we actually had um, somebody – a. What do you? It's not a. What do you call a bird scientist? A bird studier? Orthomologist? Is that what it is? I think you're right. Yeah. We had one of them called. Well, they have no oh, taste so buds oh. and no scent, so that that he didn't think that was doing any good. That though. that wouldn't have done any good. So I don't know that that is something we have said. You know, something peppery or seasoning to let them get a big tasteful of, but. Or netting. Yeah, it's, it's just work, Mary. There's no magic formula. you got to no. just discourage him. Yeah. Send him to your neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> well, and netting is what I was going to try and direct her to if you don't have the time to sit out there with a hose and spray it off the, on the A-frame. There's obviously an overhang in the mm-hmm. eaves, so you get some netting Good. off the eaves to keep them from being able to land on your mm-hmm. siding. All roads lead to Sanderson Ford. With weather like this, how could you not want to be out exploring some of the beautiful back roads and sceneries that Arizona has to offer? If you need to upgrade your vehicle, Sanderson Ford never open on Sunday, but you can go out there today. We were talking to John Pratt earlier. The lot is full. They actually have product in for the first time. It's been this full in a long time. It, Kind of starting to feel like the old days. You can go browse the selection there. You're, did you say you're heading there after this program? Uh, this coming week, yeah. We're, uh, it was Timar, Katie's Explorer, that we got back in 2011-ish from Sanderson's. Uh, 
put in many miles and many years of service now, so we're going to go pick her up a new uh, Explorer Timberline. So the ten year upgrade. Mm-hmm. Ten year upgrade. <laughs> Sanderson Ford, Fifty First Avenue in Glendale. That's where we send everyone from family, friends, and you, the Arizona listeners. If you in the car buying to do again. Got to be today. Sanderson Ford is never open on Sunday. And in our on-the-house hour here, or 9 o'clock hour, we talk about something physically on your home, castle, or cabin, and we do it with one of our certified partners. We've got Bruce Stumbo in from Rosie Wright Remodeling talking about designing the elements into your home to maximize uh, your small spaces. And we haven't really uh, hit it. And, and the fir- one of the points that we talked about here, uh, which was a very short one, in the article, it was one of the last points was artwork. Mm. And the reason, it wasn't mentioned there, but what I immediately went to there, have you seen all the different um, hanging furniture uh, or hanging pieces on the wall mm-hmm. that double is like uh, gun storage yeah. hideaway? you got safes and hideaways and, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there now. You know, they have... Uh little RFID thing so that you can like wave a, you know, like your debit card type thing, wave it near it and they pop open. And I've seen people build stuff like that into coffee tables and uh, kind of going a little bit back to your, what you were saying with, you know, old furniture being multi-purpose. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of that out there now where you can, you know, put valuables or, um, or just as a, you know, cool party trick. Yeah. Show your friends. (laughs) And we haven't hit bathrooms yet. And I mean, are we allowed to say what this picture's from in the article? This, just, the storage caddy? <laughs> well, Rosie designed that some years back uh, just because we live in an older home with absolutely no storage in the bathroom. And um, so, you know, there's all that space above the toilet that everybody has. So it's a, a beautiful cabinet he had built. And then um, it, on the side, there's a little copper. He knows I love copper, so it's a little copper tins that hold the toilet paper, so you don't have to look at that, and it doesn't take up all the space in the cabinet. And then shelves for um, any reading material, plus all your towels. It holds a good amount of towels and washcloths and stuff. So it's just absolutely awesome because it takes up no floor space. It gets it all out of the way, and it's all nice and tidy, and it looks nice. So that's in on Facebook and on the article as well. And that was in, like you said, an older home. It was Built in the 60s, one of those that, you know, pretty typical, it backs up to the other bathroom. So, you know, your plumbing drain lines are, you know, all plumbed through the same spot and you don't have as much trenching before you pour your slabs. So it's it's utilizing, you know, your, your basically your, your plumbing lines. So that's why you see a lot of times restrooms backed up to each mm-hmm. other. But there, like you said, there there's more storage in the guest bathroom and it was bigger than the master one mm-hmm. was. And the, the shower is right next to it. So even if you were to buy like one of those racks that you can buy to put over the toilet, it's, it still didn't fit real great. So this was a custom piece, but it was, it's been absolutely well worth it because it serves a great purpose. And so far we've been talking about designing uh, and utilizing small spaces as, as it relates to storage. But you, when you go to the builder aspect, there's a lot of things that are being designed uh, you know, the, a perfect example is the water heater. For you know, mm-hmm. years, it was a big, round mm-hmm. tank. Yep. And in Japan, where they needed to really utilize uh, the space with a, you know, obviously very landlocked uh, opportunity to 
to grow there, a lot of their, their growth has been vertical, and they needed a solution to, you know, save the space that a water heater mm-hmm. takes up. Yeah, there's there's a number of applications now, um, you know, just what comes right to mind are the, if you have natural gas, um, tankless gas water heaters, and many of them are rated to be mounted on the outside of your house. So as long as it's not an HOA issue, you can, you know, a lot of those old gas water heaters are uh, in a garage. Um, some of the much older houses, they're in a laundry room, which most of the code stuff is, uh, yeah. Not current for today. An inspector would run screaming. Um, so there, we did that. Actually, the house that I mentioned, we did that corner seating booth with all the storage underneath it. That's what we did with theirs um, to be able to expand their laundry room. Um, we did a tankless gas water heater on the outside of the house, you know, on the side of the house in the back corner. You know, nobody but the homeowner when they're pulling their trash cans in and out of the house and, you know, their landscaping service when they go in the backyard to mow the lawn, no one sees it. Um, and it's smaller than most mm-hmm. electrical panels. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's about the size of a typical electrical panel, uh, a little deeper. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're, uh, and you know, they really don't look bad either. So they're, you know, they, they put nice finishes on them. And- I had not seen any that you, installed on the exterior Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's uh uh it's a little easier you know there there are very specific venting requirements with those um on-demand gas water heaters you can't just hook it up to your old original gas water heater flue they're not rated for that so um it's not a huge deal to change it out but you you need to have a plumber who knows what they're doing so and generally speaking, the gas supply is not going to be big enough. You have to you, pipe a bigger line. Yeah, you are typically going to have to upsize that. So, And that's the same for an electrical tankless as well. When they came out, we did not like the electricals. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as things do, they just get better mm-hmm. in design, engineering, development. And you could do, uh, you know, you could – there there are viable options there are some, for an electric Yeah, especially the here. smaller point-of-use ones. Um I haven't been convinced yet on the big ones. Um, somebody will prove me wrong anytime now, I'm sure. But um, there are some small, what I call point of use, where it's actually phys- under the sink in each area, which is a much more common thing you'll see in Europe. But um, those have some really good applications, especially in an area where maybe it's really hard to bring the hot water from your water heater over there. So Save a lot of water that way, too. Mm-hmm. It's instantly mm-hmm. hot. And then for uh, our air conditioning, and we have equipment that you know if you've you've seen the, and it's funny I uh, there's some homes getting built near our our house. You have to pass them, you know, driving home, and they're putting packaged units on the roof. On the I'm roof. like, when was the last time you yep. saw a packaged yeah. unit installed on a new home? But that's one where one way it's out of the area. But most air conditionings uh, are. A split, split system, so you have the cabinet inside and mm-hmm. then your coils outside. But, you know, many split air conditionings for smaller homes, smaller spaces, uh, garages, uh, hobby rooms, whatever the case may be, you have air conditioning equipment like the, the water heaters now that you know, the new technology, it's a fraction of the size. Mm-hmm. So you gain, you know, you don't need more square footage right. in your home. You've actually saved Mm-hmm. Where your traditional air conditioning equipment might have been. Yeah, you don't. Uh, you're not 
I shouldn't say wasting, but you're not eating up interior square footage with a mechanical closet that you can't do anything else with. Um, it's when you mentioned that I kind of chuckling because uh, we just did a remodel where we put a package unit on the roof. It used to be a split system. Their attic didn't really allow to move it. You know, a new system where the where the air handler would be up in the attic like a lot of newer homes. Um, so we did a package unit. Air HOA approved it, and it, it went up on the roof because the their air handler was basically in the kitchen. So when we remodeled the kitchen, it, had it's to like, take what are you going to do with it? This thing needs to go away. Um, and uh, we we put it on the roof. So And it's in the neighborhood that there are others, you know, already with it. So, you know, this isn't an anomaly for the neighborhood. But, it, uh, yeah, it, when we did that, I, I kind of chuckled because that's not something we do every day. So. Yeah, really, had the the industry itself had gotten away mm-hmm. from doing a lot of package units on the roof. Now they're still available because oh, yeah. there's so many out there for replacement, yep. and it's can be a project to take it from mm-hmm. a package unit mm-hmm. on the roof to installing it as a split system yeah. at home. But generally speaking, in new builds, that's not something you see. No, almost almost never. Um, it it's. Uh, I hadn't heard that you were seeing someone on new builds up by your house, but like you said, with you know, with interior space at a premium, especially some of these new homes, you know, they're squeezing every <laughs> every square inch they can of interior space out on these lots. So, um, you know, saving that space and throwing it up on the roof, I I believe it. And I won't. I, I don't know who the builder is, but it's one of those things. I mean, they they're marketing and building these is kind of like a upper end home, and hmm. it's got the extra oversized garage you can park an RV in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, they're, 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 they're trying to sell them as, mm-hmm. as I won't say luxury, but, mm-hmm. you know, def- on the higher end. I mean, in my opinion, hugely overpriced. And then where I drive, I can see the back of the home and where the hip comes, they've got a packaged unit on each side. <laughs> and they're they're trying to get, you know, over a quarter million dollars for this, and there's the white PVC condensation lines. They're hooked together, floating in the air. That comes off the back right onto the patio. Oh, like, are you serious? You're, you're, you're trying to get a quarter million dollars for <laughs> that, this, and you can't take the effort to yeah, do something better with the condensation the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even my my house was built in 1979. Um, you know, slump block house. I have a package unit on the roof. The builder back in 1979 ran the condensate line down into the attic, goes across the inside of the attic, and then down the inside of the exterior wall. So, yeah, that's funny that a modern builder couldn't even be bothered to do that, something they were doing in the 70s here. But, you know, that's uh, one of those things. Hey, if, you know, if, if it sells, who am I to say otherwise? Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, every, every time I drive by, I'm like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Just just a little effort here. little attention to detail. Oh, drives me nuts. But we've got uh, – so, so the water heater, you know, a lot of this is in the mechanical side of things. Mm-hmm. But – one area that smaller is not going is a kitchen appliances. I've mm-hmm. I've never seen them downsize an appliance. It seems like everything just keeps getting a little bit bigger. Your refrigerators are thicker. I think Yeti had a big part to do with that on the thicking <laughs> the, the the thicker insulation. It seemed like that has started to make its way into the uh, refrigeration world on on you know additional inches mm-hmm. of condensed foam for uh, your your cooling yeah. value. I believe a lot of that too is actually tied to energy regulations. Um, it's like a modern uh, electric 
water heater or, or just any traditional tank water heater. They're bigger now because they are required to have more insulation than they used to. Um, yeah, the only the only thing that gets smaller in the kitchen is if you go to what we refer to here as a European style or an apartment style appliance. Um, so you can find skinny little you know dishwashers and stuff like that, but they're um, it's not very common that that's typically going in a, a kitchenette or if somebody has a very small condo, maybe it's just them or just two people, so they're not creating a lot of dishes, a lot of that sort of thing. Um, you can get uh, washers and dryers the same way, but we I like to joke that if you have a pair of blue jeans, you're only getting one pair in that washing machine. So you you have to – they're for very specific applications. Those um, – going to the, to the kitchen and bath shows, they do have lines now for like the tiny house and stuff. But I think for most applications, you know, every, a regular home, it is bigger and bigger. We, mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun and, to look at. And in those older commercial. home styles that didn't have dishwashers, that might be an application mm-hmm. for a, what do you call it, a European style? Yeah, European or an apartment style is what, what a lot of people refer to them Just as. Just because it wasn't designed to have a dishwasher mm-hmm. in it, so to make it fit, mm-hmm. you know, that, that might be a common use for it. But yep. that... You know, and and that's one area I don't mind that it's not uh, shrinking. You know, yeah, you, 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 you need the space. You gotta, when, you know, especially when you, if you're at the stage in your life where you have you know kids around, or or if you're at the point in your life where we've got grandkids around, you know, those small dishwashers, it would be hard to uh, have a dinner party and not spend the rest of your night washing dishes. Now, the only point in our article we haven't talked about is mirrors, but I'm going to cover that quickly because there's one that we missed from the article as well. You know, it's one of those things that a lot of our content's produced weeks ahead of time. You you read it, you edit it, you put it together, and then you turn on the microphones, you start talking about it. It's like, oh, I should have <laughs> thought of this. I should have thought of that. And you know, the additional content, but that's fine because that's content now for, you know, the next time this topic comes up in another five years. Yeah, uh, there's some really cool stuff that's being done with mirrors out there, you know, with all the LED lighting and stuff that's out. Um, you get LEDs built into the mirrors, uh, especially in small bathrooms. Um, you know, wall sconces have been a popular design thing for a while, but in a lot of small bathrooms, it's just not possible. You, you just, you're not going to be able to put a mirror on a wall and then a sconce on both sides of it. It's going to be jammed up against the wall. or So there's mirrors that have it built in. Um, there's much nicer looking um, mirrors that are also medicine cabinets. They're not just the typical one you buy from the big box store and slap in the side. Um, you know, they have outlets that get built into them. Um, obviously, you need an electrician to do that. But um, there's just there's a lot of functionality that can be done with a mirror and in a, in a small bathroom. Um, you can do some really cool things with them. So, And the mirror in the bathroom built into the wall cavity. Wall cavity is actually where I wanted to go. So taking that theory out or that, that style outside of the bathroom, um, if you were had something that was short to display, and where my mind went with this is we're out of places to put the kids' rodeo buckles. Mm. So, you know, we've the older ones, they just end up getting wrapped up and put into storage because our little display cabinet for them, you know, it, it'll only hold about 20. Mm-hmm. So we just put the most recent ones up there. But taking a wall cavity... If it's an interior wall, yeah, there's 
you know, chances are even if there's a electrical uh, junction box on the floor, there's depending on the layout, there's a chance that that was run vertically, mm-hmm. that there's holes drilled through the studs, mm-hmm. and that wire is down there at 18 inches above ground and not coming straight down. And even if it is coming straight down, it should be uh, secured to the side yes. of the stud with staples. It should be. Yep. So you can open up uh, – and I have seen, I have not tested um, some of these smartphone stud finders that s- claim they can actually see mm-hmm. electrical lines that it and gas lines inside the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it can detect that current. Um, I, I, I haven't tested that, but yeah. most interior cavities, there's not going to be uh, any mechanical run in there. The only thing you have to worry about is maybe some electrical, mm-hmm. but again, mm-hmm. it would be very easy with uh, a razor knife and a stud finder. You know, here's your two studs. You've got you know four twenty four sixteen inches in between. Cut that out, and mm-hmm. you know go to woodworker source, get a couple decorative pieces of wood to put in there, and yep. you've got a an in wall cabinet right there that yep. you could then use for you know displaying certain items. Yeah, you know, and it uh, it's kind of funny because everything comes back around, but um, you know wall niches used to be more popular. Now a lot of times they were big, bulky, framed out eating up a bunch of space um but a a simple niche in a you know hallway wall or something like that like you said you know electrical is probably going to be the biggest thing you need to look out for but um you know removing some drywall a little minor framing you're basically creating a shower niche which we do in just about every one of our bathroom remodels and it's you know you're not dealing with water there you know it, it it's not terribly complicated um we actually did a remodel where um, the homeowner, uh, who's actually, uh, good friends of, of mine, um, they didn't want a medicine cabinet back in the side, but they wanted space. Um, so, uh, he actually took it on himself and built little custom wood shelves. We just finished out the drywall and then installed those little custom shelves. And it's exactly what you're saying. It's just the wall cavity in between the, the two by fours for the interior framing. Um, and, uh, put him in there and he's got a really nice looking you know shelving system now there so you could do that in a hallway you could and you mentioned hallway twice depending on what you're trying to display you might want to light that Mm -hmm. so you you know looking for that electrical junction might be uh, Mm -hmm. part of the project to then you know run your Romax over and put in a Mm -hmm. a light you know in set can light that you can shine on that yeah uh, and there's finished cabinet there's so much good lighting options out there now so No shortage of them. No, there's a lot of them out there. That wraps up September. We're moving in, obviously, next week. We'll we'll be into October, and we're talking about projects you can do yourself. So if you've got a long list of honeydews or projects piling up that you want to get done ahead of the holidays, because I tell you what, if it doesn't happen by Halloween, maybe, maybe Thanksgiving, it ain't getting done until January.